God's been good to us, hasn't He? We serve a good God, and He he wants us to know more about Him because He is love. And to know more about Him is to know more about how He thinks of you and more about how He operates in other people's lives as well as your own because He operates through love because He is love. And so everything that He's operating in your life is an unfailing operation. Amen? Isn't that good to know? That everything that God's got going on on your behalf is going to come to pass and it's going to be a good thing. Amen? Because that's all He does is good things. We don't even have to think about it whether or not if God does something it'll be good or not because it'll be good. Because that's all He does. He's a very, very kind and compassionate God. And He's always looking out for me and you. Thank God He is too. I don't know about y'all, but I need Him looking out for me. (laughs) I I don't need Him. I want Him looking out for me. If I didn't think I needed Him to, I'd still want Him to. Amen? If I didn't think I needed Him to, I'd be stupid. But thank You, Lord. Let's pray over the Word today. Father God, You are kind and loving, Lord. And I know that You love me and You love us all. And You intend for every person here to hear something in Your Word today and to do it that will change their life, Lord. And we pray today that Your Word would come forth in power, that it would be Your words, not the opinion or ideas of a man, but the very words of God, Lord. And we pray that You help us to be, to be receiving hearers and doers of Your Word, Lord, that we would take hold of what You show us today, that we would purpose in our hearts beforehand to receive every good thing that You have for us in Your Word, and, Lord, that we would take it out of here and we would change not only our lives but the lives of those that we come in contact with. We thank You in advance for every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. How many believe God loves them? He does. Isn't that good to know? You know, if you just woke up every morning and said, wait a second, God loves me. That, that alone should make your day just go crazy good. Right there. You know what? Just be gooder than you could ever imagine. Just reminding ourselves every day how much God loves us. Amen? Well, let's go to James. James 1. You know, we've been kind of camping in James 1. We've only gotten like 20 verses in it, though, so we're... But uh, that's where God showed me to be, you know. I uh, was looking at some other stuff, and God said, no, this is what you're going to do. And I said, oh, okay. He's smarter than me, so I don't want to do something. Because I don't want my idea, because my idea ain't going to be no good anyway. Uh, If you didn't bring a Bible today and want one, I forget this all the time, but uh, raise your hand. The ushers have some extra ones they'll let you use. And uh, so if you want to put your eyes on it, they'll also put it on the screen so you can... Put your eyes on it up there too. We got, we'll put the Word everywhere. We'll surround ourselves with the Word of God. But we've been talking about wisdom and patience and temptation and, and how the Lord brings us through all those and how the Lord's been good to us and how He enables us by His power to come through all things victorious. Amen? But He gives us direction for our lives. And in giving us this direction, He causes us to be something that we were not. And that's what we're going to look at today because in, in James 1, 21 right here, He talks about doing something. You know, He's talked about slow to speak and, and uh, what was it, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Those were directives from the Lord. He said, this do. It'd be, to be a doer of the Word, you would have to do that. Amen? That was the directive just above these verses 
where he said that. And then in verse, 20, in verse 21, he starts telling us how to do those things. Or not only how to, but to do them. But this is the first thing you've got to do to even be able to do them. He says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. And that has nothing to do with taking a shower. <laughs> I know it's early in the month yet, and we don't have to take showers yet. <laughs> <laughs> I came out for first service today, and I guess I still had some shaving cream or soap or something on the back of my ear. And uh, the guys, the guys said something. I said, "Well, it couldn't be from taking a shower. It's too early in the month for that." <laughs> and then Keith Matthews, of course, said, "You probably just got a little crazy with your biscuits and gravy this morning." <laughs> yeah. And so, see, I was walking in love right there. <laughs> says, get rid of all filthiness, all uncleanness, all things that are contrary to God, all, all things that are contrary to pureness. You know, uncleanness, many times people look at dirty things. Many times it's just an unpure motive, yeah. right? And, and, that's what, and that's what God would say. Get rid of your impure. I guess it's impure, not unpure. I like unpure better. Unpure. <laughs> let's go with unpure. Unpure motives. Motives that are contrary to anything but love. Right? God's motivation for everything He does is love. Everything He does. You know, people say, well, He did some pretty mean stuff in the Old Testament. He didn't do anything mean in the Old Testament. He's never been a mean God. People's vision of Him got mean and still does to this day. You have people preaching that He's mean all over the world and He's still not a mean God. If they would see that He's a nice God before they read the Bible, they would see how nice He is. But they see that He's a mean God, then they go read the Bible and they base what they believe about Him by what they believed before they read. That makes sense? He's a good God. If you'll purpose in your heart that He is a good God and He only does good things, you will read the Word and you will only see His goodness. Because you'll quit seeing it from a human perspective and you'll see it from a godly perspective which is a lovely perspective. Amen? And he said, get rid of pure, uh, impure motives. He said, get rid of uncleanness, things that you're doing that are wrong. Doing them wrong or doing wrong things. You could be doing something wrong that just sin, or you could just be doing it with a wrong motive, which is unclean. Either or, get rid of it's what he's saying. And superfluity. Does anybody know what superfluity is? <laughs> I did not. I'm like, superfluity? Does that mean you got a whole bunch of fluid? A superfluid? That, that literally means an abundance of evil. Get rid of the abundance of evil. You know, and, and, and what he's saying is, our thoughts are not God thoughts. So when it's your idea, it's not a God idea. You know, people think of evil as something bad. Well, it is bad because it's not God's idea. But the world has all kinds of ideas that you wouldn't call evil. We wouldn't today. But God would. He'd say they're contrary to the way I would do it. Therefore, they're not good for them. If we do things that are contrary to the way God would do it, then it is not good for us. God has a way. How many know He's got an exact plan for your life? And when you make a decision on how you're going to do it rather than by asking Him, then you're going to have an abundance of evil. It, it, we make it so much bigger than it is so that, that by that we don't have to get rid of the little stuff. Because, you know, everybody in here says, well, I don't have any superabundance of evil because I do pretty good stuff all the time. Every now and then you do things that you just want to do. 
Not because, not because they're right, but because that's the way you want to do it, and by golly, you're going to do it that way. Well, I'm talking about me, not you guys. But see, I don't want to do things that way. I want to find out how God wants things done and do that. I'm not saying don't have a mind. We're not robots and God doesn't want a robot. But He wants us to choose to do things His way and get rid of anything that would be contrary to Him. There are many things that you'll do during this day that you'll take no thought of but are good things and they're godly things. Why? Because He's in you. He's in you and He's leading you. And so as He's in you and leading you, you'll do good things because you have the Holy One in you. Amen? And that's a good thing. But He says you have other ideas too. And get rid of those ideas. Get rid of all those ideas. And then what He says is receive with meekness, receive without pride, receive without any preconceived notions, receive with meekness, the, the idea that not only is it good for you, you need it and you want it. Amen? The engrafted Word of God. And he's not just saying read the Word and put it in your eyes. He's saying make it part of your being. He's saying take this Word and take it and don't just read it. Make it part of who you are. You become what this Word says you are. You become who this Word says you are. In other words, say, say you were a easy to a, a short-tempered person. Well, the Word says that you follow the love of God, so you don't have a temp- short temper anymore. Right. Well, you're long-suffering. And what He's saying is engraft that into your being and become long-suffering instead of an abundance of evil, which is a short temper. And you don't change or act like you have that you're long-suffering, you now are. In other words, because of the engrafted Word, you become long-suffering. You don't act long-suffering, you are long-suffering. We talked about this in the first service. God does not want actors. He's looking for people who want to become what His Word says they are. And the Word of God says that we are long-suffering. Why? Because you have His love in you. You're patient. People say, you know, I'm just impatient all the time. Impatient, impatient. I've got to have it when I want it, how I want it, and at the, same, at the time that I want it, I'm impatient. You are not impatient. You are patient. Why? Because you have the love of God in you, and through that love you have become a patient person. Right? And you're able, through that patience, you're able to put up with the things that God put up in you, with in you. Right? People say, I just couldn't put up with them doing that. Well, God put up with you doing it for years. And me? Right? He puts up with us. Not only does He put up with us, He believes we'll do better and gives us things where we can become a better person. Amen? Not act better. Everybody says, straighten up and act right. He doesn't want you to straighten up and act right. He wants you to straighten up and be right. Amen? It's a big difference. That doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes, that we're not going to say some things we wish we hadn't said, but His mercy is new every day. Amen? And by His mercy and by His grace, we can continue to grow to a place that every day we don't. Right? We go through a whole day and somebody say, man, I sinned all day. How about you? You say, man, the Lord's helped me. (laughs) How would that be? (laughs) That'd be a good thing, huh? You go through the day and say, man, the Lord has helped me. 
I have really walked in love today. And the Lord says, man, that was good. That was good, good, good. You could do so much better tomorrow. Right? He's a goal-oriented God. He gets you to that goal, and then He takes you to the next one. Because if you saw the finish line, you'd quit running. Right? You're like me. I, I start out, when I start to jog, I see how far i got to go before I start, and I'm already bummed out. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man. And you know how happy I get when I see the edge of my driveway and I'm done? Phew! I am the happiest man in the world. Other people start out jogging and are happy about it. And you're like, hmm, that will be something I'll have to become. <laughs> but he, say, <laughs> he says, receive the engrafted word. Don't just receive the word. Receive it engrafted into you so that it becomes part of who you are. As it becomes part of who you are, it becomes part of your heart. And what you begin to have is the very heart of God. What you're doing is you're putting... Where where does it say we want the Word of God to go? Into the good soil of our heart. What happens when it goes into the good soil of our heart? You keep it. The first thing that happens when it goes into good soil is you keep it. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, hear the Word, keep it, and produce fruit. Amen? When the Word is engrafted in you, you keep it. When you don't let it become engrafted in you, you forget it. Think about this. Everything that you've heard in this point in your life that has meant something to you, that has had true eternal value, you still remember to this day. But you've heard so much more than that. I've heard so much more than that. But what I've engrafted into my life is what has value. It's what's saving my soul. Right? And that doesn't mean your salvation. That doesn't mean going to heaven. That means actually saving your life. It's what's keeping destruction back from happening in your life. The very Word of God, what did it say? He sent His Word and healed you and saved you from what? All your destructions. What did He send? His Word. And if you'll engraft it into your life, that Word will save you and will save you from your very own destructions. Amen? The Word of God is powerful. And it can do things that if, if we, if, let me rephrase that, if we begin to do it, then it will begin to do things in our life that we never knew would happen. Because we will become what we engraft into ourselves. It, it becomes part of who you are. Because what? It's now your heart. The very heart of God is the Word of God. And now it becomes your heart. The very heart of God is now in you. And when you begin to speak, you begin to speak as He speaks in that kind of a love. When you speak in love, you make a difference in people's lives. The very words you spoke are eternal, powerful, and full of everything they need to come out of wherever they're at. Why? Because it's the Word of love. It's it's the Word of God. And it is meant to go somewhere. We don't have valueless words. Our words have value. Why? Because we have the love of God in us. And in using that love, everything we say can have power. Amen? Amen? And so we want to say things in a way that are powerful. Why does He say get rid of all these evil tendencies? Because He wants you to speak out of who He's made you to be, not out of who you were. 
right? we got too many people, including me. Everyone at some time or another is living like who they were instead of who they are. Right? And it's not about pulling the old man out of the grave. You ain't getting saved and unsaved. You're living like who you were. You're not that person anymore, but you're still living by your old experience rather than by your new creature. Amen? And in doing so, we limit God because the engrafted Word is not making any changes because we're not engrafting it. Right? We're just hearing it. And it's sliding off us like water off a duck's back. Right? That's not how I want to hear the Word. Is it how you want to hear it? We want it to mean something. Right? We want to... What does it say in Luke 8, 15? You don't have to go there. It says, but, but the seed that's on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart... What? An honest and good heart. Why? They're, gonna, they're, they're purposing to receive it. You know, if you came in here today and say, well... You know, I don't like him. I don't like the, his suit today, and I don't like his shoes, and I'm not going to hear one word he says. Then it ain't going to happen today. But I'm hoping that I don't say too much. I'm hoping that the Word of God speaks, and that these are the oracles of God. And when He says, if out of an honest and good heart you'll receive His Word, you'll keep it. Receive it. You re- having heard the Word... They keep it. Why? Because they got an honest and good heart. They purposed in advance to keep this Word. If we purpose in advance before I ever continue with this message to to find something in here that changes our life, we will find it. It's there every time. Every time. And you keep it and then you bring forth fruit with patience. Why, Why does He have to put that in there? Because we're a hurry up crowd. We want the hurry up change. Right? He says, I want you to be doers of my word. And he knows to be a doer doer of the word, you're going to have to have patience. (laughs) Why? Because to love your enemy, you're going to need patience. Because you you can love him all you want, and he's still going to be acting like your enemy. Amen? Amen? To do good to those who despitefully use you, you're going to need patience. What? Patience is a quality of love. It's unfailing. If you will use it, it will never fail. Not only is love not unfailing, every quality of love is unfailing. If we will use the qualities of love in our everyday life, if you'll be kind and patient, if you'll always trust, always believe, always hope, if you won't hold grudges, all the qualities of love, if you will use those, every time you use them, what you use them for will, will not fail. It will come to pass. Amen? Why? Because you're doing the Word. The Word is the love of God. Glory to God. Where, where were we? What verse were we even in? James 1.21 It's able to save your soul. Verse 22 says, But, what does he say? And receive the engrafted Word of God, but be doers of, what, of the Word. What? Doers of the engrafted Word. Hearers of the engrafted word, actually hearers never have engrafted word. Doers are the ones that have it engrafted. Amen? But it says it's not going to do you any good if you don't be a doer of that word and not a hearer only. Hearers don't do anything. Right? Hearers don't use wisdom. They're not even compared to wise people. It's those that hear 
and do what God says to do that get results. He says, be a doer of my word. Here's here's how he looks at people that are a doer of your word. Because a doer of the word is not deceiving himself. He's not thinking he's got something that he doesn't really have. See, when he says you're deceiving yourself, you're thinking you're okay. Right? Because you you, you didn't do the word, but everything turned out okay. Right? That's deceiving yourself. Because if you didn't do the word... Everything didn't come out okay. How do I know? Because Jesus told us how we compare somebody that hears and doesn't do. Look at uh, Matthew 7, 24. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, here's what I'll compare them to. A wise man. A wise man. Why? Because a wise man prepares in advance. Right? He builds his house on something that's going to stand through anything. Amen? And that's what God's saying. He's saying, if you'll hear my words and do them, you are building your house on something that will stand through anything. And he's comparing this man that that hears his sayings and does them to a man that can stand through anything. Amen? Amen. Why? He's saying, well, think about this. Let's say, so you got two guys and... uh, both contractors. And this one, he says, you know what? I'm going to dig down into this soil. I'm going to get to the rocks. And I'm going to build this house with a firm foundation. The foundation will be deep below the ground into the solid rock. And, and I'll, put, I'll stick this foundation. And it's going to take more time. Because I've got to get it just right. I've got to put the... T- it's going to take patience. Right? <laughs> you know what he said? It's going to take patience. So, but I'm going to do it right. I'm going to put everything in it just the way I want it because, because it's built right. I don't have to worry about it going. But it's going to take me, you know, a couple, three years to get this house just the way I want it. And the other guy, he comes along, he looks at him, and he says, man, that dude's been building that house for nigh on a year now, and he still ain't got it done. I am so smart and such a good builder, I could build that house in half or a quarter of that time right here next to it. And so he starts his house. And he builds it right there on the sand, by golly. There he is. He's got it up. And before we know it, he's ahead of this guy. And his house is done before this guy's house. And finally, a year later, this guy gets his house done. And they, and they step back and look at him. And they say, wow, they look just alike. These are really nice houses. Both look perfect to the naked eye. These look great. This house that was built in a year looks just as good as this house that took three years. Looks just as good, you know, it's built with, the, with this guy's wisdom and he wanted it quick and he got it up just the way he wanted it. This guy took forever and, and sure, his house looks good, but he could have been living in it for two years if he'd have just done it like me. Right? And that's all fine and good. And see, that's what happens. That's how the, that's how the devil lulls us to sleep. He, he says, see, everything's working out. Your life looks just like everyone else's. You know, they're spending all this time in church and doing this and, and, and seeking God and listening to tapes and, and believing God for this, believing God for that. And, and while you've been out playing and your life's, you got more money than they do, you got more time than they do, you spend time with your family, man, everything's just great for you until the storm comes. Until the storm comes. Because why? Because this man didn't, plan, he didn't use godly wisdom. He used his own wisdom and got things his own way and built the house the way he wanted it, and that's what he got. He got his house. This man built the house the way it should be built 
on godly wisdom. And what's it say in verse 20, uh, what is it, 25? Verse 25. And the rains came, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, because it was founded upon a rock. What was it founded upon? It was, a, it was founded upon the ingrafted Word of God. Why? He heard it, and he did it. Why did this house stand up? Because he, he in wisdom, knew what would happen. He planned in advance. God sees the end from the beginning. And when He tells us to do something, He planned in advance for your victory. But you have to do it His way. You have to be a doer of His Word to get to where He wants you to get. Amen? And this man did His Word. And and because He did, at the end of the storm, He still had a house to live in. But at the end of the same storm, this pretty house that was built on the sand in verse 27, man, when that same storm came, this house fell. This house fell flat. Why? It was based on human wisdom, human ideas, evil tendencies, and it won it quick. God's not trying to get you something quick. He's trying to get you something eternal. You know, people say, I've been believing for money, for my bills, for forever and ever. God's not trying to get your bills paid. He's trying to make you prosperous. And when He makes you prosperous, your bills will always be paid. Because He's making you to be something. He's not, making, he's not trying to get something. This guy was trying to get a house. This person wanted to live in a house. We're not trying to get things. We're trying to become things. That's why He said, put it in you and become what it is. The Word becomes part of you. It's engrafted into you. And every thought you have now is a thought through the very Word of God. And it changes not just what you do, but who you are. Then it changes why you do it. Because why? Because it changed who you are. The Word changes who we are. It makes us to be more than we've ever been. You were born again because you needed to be someone else. He didn't need to just save the old man. He said, i got to get a whole new man. He said, I can't even save that one. He said, you must be born again. What's he saying? He's saying, you got to take who you are, forget about him, and start over. That's what being born again is. It's being... Born of something you weren't before. And that's where it starts. He makes you a whole new creature so that you begin to do whole new things. And it's not just your ability that changed. You changed. That's why your ability changed. You didn't get so smart. He made you new so you now are smart. Before you weren't. Amen? You weren't smart. And He said, well, I'll make you new and you'll be smart. That's being what he says is doing the Word of God. When he says to be this and you do it, you just did the Word of God. Think about this. If you... Okay, think about the boy in the, in the book of Acts. Paul was preaching, preaching the Gospel. That's what it says. It says Paul was preaching the Gospel. It doesn't say Paul was preaching about healing. It says Paul was preaching the Gospel. You guys want to see it? I'll look and see if I can find out where it is. It's in, the, it's in the book of Acts, I know that. Acts 14.7 And there they preached the gospel. 
What were they preaching? The good news, the Word of God, the Word that is, if engrafted and done, will save your soul, keep you from destruction, make you better than you were, make you to become something different than you were. Amen? That's what the Word does. It changes you. Right? It, that's, there's so much different than that. You, you're not, it's not making an old person something different. It's taking away the old person and making you new and better. And, and he was preaching the gospel, and he looked over at this boy that was sitting there that had been sick. Do we still have it? 14.7? 14.8? And there sat a certain man from Lystra, impotent in his feet and being crippled from birth. He had never walked. What, what are we saying? He was crippled. He, it wasn't, this wasn't, uh, he didn't get crippled. He was crippled. This is who he was. This is who he was. And, and the Word of God was being preached. And the Word of God takes who you was and makes you no longer who you was, but makes you be something else. And he was crippled. And the Word of God got to being preached, and all of a sudden he had faith. Right? It says the same, he, he heard Paul speaking the gospel, and, and Paul looked at him, and he steadfastly behold him. He perceived that he had the faith to become something that he was not. You know, a lot of people look at that as though he, he, he'd be able to walk. It's not that he'll just be able to walk. He's getting ready to become something that he wasn't. He was a cripple. He will no longer be a cripple. The Word of God doesn't make you... You know, like you get some of these um, addict programs and they say, well, you'll be this forever. The Word of God will not make you be something forever. It'll make you be something new forever and the old things will be passed away. You don't have to be an addict forever. You're a new creature in Christ and now old things are passed away and all things become... They become. And see, that's what he's saying. This man's not getting healed. He's being healed. What? The Word went forth and now he's going to do it. He's going to do the Word. How does he do the Word? He bees healed. That's doing the Word. You want to do the Word today if you're sick? Be healed. That's being a doer of the Word. You want to be, you got, you got to lack of funds in your life? You want to do the Word? Be prosperous and wait for the funds. You got to be prosperous first. When you be healed, sickness is no longer a part of your engrafting. See, the cripple was engrafted in him. It was part of who he was. Was, but the word of God came forth, and He engrafted it into him, and he became a walker. Amen. He became a runner. He became healed. He became something that he had never been. That's what the Word of God will do for us. It makes you something you've never been. But you must be a doer of that Word. Amen? He, he by being a hearer, he heard the Gospel. And Paul said what to him? Perceiving he had the faith to be healed, Paul spoke by the Spirit of God in a loud voice, said, Stand upright. Well, this is God talking to you. He did the Word of God and He became healed. Healed is not, is not a look. It's a part of your being. You are all healed. Amen. I don't care. So I'm not sick. I don't need to be healed. 
that you're not sick because you are healed. Right? You should walk around when you're not sick and say, that's why I'm healed. Because healed is why you're not sick. And if sickness is trying to attack your body, you need to remind your body that you're healed. Preach the gospel to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself and do what the Word says. And be healed. The engrafted Word of God will make you to be something. He doesn't... He doesn't... Um, he, he makes things new. He doesn't take old things and rebuild them. Right? Amen. Anybody ever worked on cars? If you, go, if you go get an alternator, they say, well, we got a rebuilt one. We used to call them brand new rebuilds. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as a brand new rebuild. It's rebuilt. It don't even have brand new parts in it. It's got rebuilt parts. Refurbished. You know, you get computers nowadays and they're refurbished. You get a phone and it's refurbished. Why? Because they want to take the old stuff and try to make it good. God said, I'll do better than that. I'll take the old stuff and get rid of it and I'll make you new. I'll make everything in your life better. I'll make you become a healed person. In other words, now sickness has no authority or dominion over you. Right? You're, you're not an old person that still, has, that still has the ability to be sick. You're now a new person that is healed. You, have, you be healed. I've made you, I've recreated you as a healed person. Glory to God. People say, well, why am I dealing with this sickness? Because that's what the devil wants. And today you don't have to deal with it anymore because you be healed. First Peter, Peter 2.24 is old. But yet it's new today for you because it says, by whose stripes ye were healed. What's he saying? He made you to be healed. He's not just saying, I healed you that long ago. He's saying, I made you to be healed when this happened. Glory to God. And that's the God we serve. And when we, when we begin to believe His Word and act on it in these ways, we begin to have those things because we are that person. We're not getting those things being something different. We're getting those things because we are that person. You're receiving health because you are healed. You're receiving uh, provision because you are prosperous. Amen? You are full of joy. You are justified. You're not, you're not getting justified. You have been justified. You're right? You're not, you're not acting righteous. You are righteous. Your actions won't change who you are. That's why He had to have you remade. He, because if He didn't have you remade, your actions could change who you were. But by having you born again, your actions no longer change who you are. Why? You're born again. You can't die again, be born again, be born again, die again. You were born again of incorruptible seed. If He took a chance on you by doing that, He took a big chance. Why? Because it's incorruptible. When you're born again, you can't die. He fed you from the tree of life. And He made you born again in the image of Jesus. And your old things don't have effect on you anymore. You could act old and you're still not that person. And you know how you know it? Because you can't do it without knowing you're wrong. Before, you could do it all day long. 
But now you got something inside you that says, nah, this ain't right. I got to quit. I gotta... And you know, even if you don't quit, you still got that voice inside of you. And you can keep burying it and burying it. And the muffle of God is louder than any voice you'll ever hear. Why? Because you're born again of incorruptible seed. It ain't dying. It ain't dying and you can't kill it. Glory to God. You say, well, what if I'm evil? You're not evil. You were born again of incorruptible, unevil seed. You're not that person anymore. And your actions do not define you, but your actions, if you become a doer of the Word, can not only define you, they can make you. Because that's what He's saying. I've made you a new creature with all new ability. I've given you the ability to be healed, to be prosperous. You don't have to go out and try to get rich. I've given you the ability to be prosperous. Think about Abraham. God said, go. And Abraham said, I trust him. And he went. And the next thing you read about Abraham, he became very rich. You don't hear about the, the, the come-to-Jesus meetings that he had because he had no, didn't have enough provision and he needed, to find, he needed to call the crew in and they needed to pray for finances because they were going on a big trip and they didn't know if they were going to have enough. No, you didn't hear anything about that. What? He did the Word of God and by doing it, he became righteous. And by becoming righteous, all the things that, that happened to righteous people began to happen to him. What? He became rich. Very rich in cattle. People say, well, he needed to. That's why God didn't. No, he became the righteousness of God. And when you become that, you now become a person that is available to be rich. Amen? When you're born again, it's not just about going to heaven, guys. Oh, born again is the greatest thing ever. When you receive your salvation, if you're in here today and you have not been saved, you're in the right place. Because today you can be saved. You can't get saved, but today you can be saved. You can be saved by the incorruptible blood of Jesus and of that incorruptible seed. And then you can now become everything He says you are. Amen? So hold on, because we'll pray with you before the day's over, and you can become. Amen? And you can become a doer of the Word of God. Let's look a little closer at this doing. Look at Matthew or Mark 11. We talked about this in uh, Wednesday night prayer a little bit. God shows us stuff in Wednesday night prayer. Glory to God. And we pray too. Good things are happening too. Thank you, Lord. Mark 11 and 22. Jesus answering unto them said, Have faith in God. This, this is a directive from, from, from the Master, the head of the church. He said, have faith in God. That was his directive. And that is, that's the first thing you're to do. You want something different to be happening in your life? You want to be... And basically, they were talking about Jesus speaking to the fig tree and saying, be, be uh, no man eat fruit of you again forever. And this is, this is where this all came up in. He said, do you want to you be like I am? Have faith in God. Jesus is saying, I did this because I have faith in God. If Jesus needed to have faith in God, you reckon we need to have faith in God? Just say, oh, He was God. No, He stripped Himself of that title, came to earth like me and you, and walked this earth as a man. 
and died without sin as a man and was raised again. Paid the full price for me and you. And while he was here, he needed to have faith in God. He needed to have faith in love. Why? Because he was going to need love. Right? He's going to have people spitting on him. He's going to have people hanging him on a cross. He was going to have people persecuting him. The very people he was dying for. What was he doing? Loving his enemies. Praying for those that are despitefully using him. What was he doing? He was doing the Word of God. Everything Jesus preached, he did. Because, well, sure he did. He was Jesus. No, no. He did it as a man. Did it as a man proving we can do it. If we engraft it into ourselves as it was engrafted into Him because He was the very Word of God. And what He's saying is take my Word and engraft it into yourself and become the very Word of God. In other words, everything you do is of that Word. And He said, have faith in God. This is not a method of getting your needs met. This is a heart. This is a heart. This is a heart of a believer. And he says, have faith in God. And why does he say to have faith in God? Because he said, if you'll do this, you can do this. And then he goes on. He said, you got to do this first, because if you don't do this, this next verse don't matter. But then he said, for verily I say to you, that whosoever has faith in God shall say unto the mountain. What's he saying? Whosoever has faith in God will say unto the mountain. In other words, people that don't have faith in God, the mountain will come, they'll say nothing. But people who have faith in God will say unto the mountain. doesn't say they can say unto the mountain, and that's how we've taken this. We've taken it, oh, because i got faith, I can speak to mountains. No, you don't. You, when you got faith, you cannot just can speak to mountains. You will speak to them. When they come at you because of that faith, it will rise up in you and you'll say, mountain, be gone. Why? Because you have faith in God. It says, if you have faith in God, you'll say to the mountain. It doesn't say if, excuse me. It says... Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall have faith in God, whosoever has faith in God shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Who says this? He who has faith in God. People that don't have faith in God aren't going to say this. People in church aren't going to say this. Why? They don't have faith in God. They're, They're building their house on the sand. People who have faith in God build their house on the rock. Because they know the end product is going to be the one they want. What is produced is out of the Word of God. What's it say? Put the Word in your heart, keep it, and produce. And what's it saying? What's produced is out of the Word of God. When you have faith in God, what it produces is this. It produces you saying to mountains. You will begin to be a mountain talker. Amen? And it says, it's, and then it tells you what you'll say to the mountain. It says, He who has faith in God will say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And he who has faith in God will not doubt in his heart. And what's he saying? He's not saying this is an option. He said, He who has faith in God will not. This isn't in question. This isn't, Oh, I've got to get faith in God. He's saying, If you have faith in God, you will say to the mountain, and you will not doubt. Why? Because you have faith in God. People who have faith in God don't doubt. So what's he saying? He's saying, have faith in God. 
He's saying trust in the the very being of Him and who He's made you to be. Because who He's made you to be is someone who speaks to mountains. And when you speak, they have to move. When you have faith in God. So he He says, He who has faith in God will not doubt. He who has faith in God will believe that those things... He's still talking about He who has faith in God. The whole passage is about having faith in God. He says, He who has faith in God shall believe that those things that He says come to pass, and he that has faith in God will have. It's not in question whether or not it will happen or not. You will have whatsoever you saith. And people that say, well, I had faith in God and it didn't work, that is contrary to what, this, what Jesus said. It ain't the word of Dave. It is contrary to the very words of the Master. So if I say I have faith, and I've done this, guys, and I know you, none of you all have, I said, man, I prayed in faith and nothing happened. That is an impossibility. Because if I did, I had faith in my faith. And see, there's where the problem comes in. Jesus said, have faith in God. You got people saying, man, I got great faith. I can make this happen. I don't care how great your faith is, how great your faith in God. Because that's, that's the people. It's not the people that have great faith. It's the people that have great faith in God that are getting the answers. Why? Because having faith in God is what Jesus told us to do. And by being a doer of that, we become this person. We become a speaker. We become someone who shouts at the mountain and it falls down. And it goes into the sea. Amen? If we have faith in God. And then the, and then the, the, the whole teaching still doesn't stop. He goes on to the next verse. And he's still talking about having faith in God. Have faith in God. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Have faith in God. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, have faith in God. Believe that you receive them. And if you have faith in God, you will have them. You want to be a prayer warrior? Have faith in God. People who have faith in God, every one of their prayers get answered. Why? Because they have faith in God. So what if they pray wrong? You can't have faith in love in God and pray wrong. Why? Because you'll pray out of the spirit of love. And you will pray prayers out of out of, out of the Holy Ghost. If your English won't do it, He'll have you praying in the Holy Ghost. Because you can always pray the right prayer in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And He said, have faith in God. And whatever you ask for in prayer, you will receive. Glory to God. That's the that's person I want praying for me. Somebody comes up and says, man, I have, I have faith in God. He loves you so much. Can I pray for you? Please, please, and yes. Yes. Verse 25. Still talking about having faith in God. Isn't he? <laughs> have faith in God. And when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Because you're going to need faith in God to forgive. Right? You reckon Jesus needed faith in God when he was on that cross? And he's looking at those people, spitting on him, calling him names, tempting him to come down. He held his faith. And he said, Father, forgive them. What did he do? He became a doer of the word that was in him. He became, he became a doer of the love of God that was in him. And the love of God overrode any other 
idea. And he said, Father, forgive them. He asked them to be forgiven while they were beating him, while they were hanging him on a cross. Well, that's faith in God. And he says for us, he says, if you have faith in God, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Why? Because faith in God causes you to be merciful, causes you to be kind, because it causes you to become the love of God. And now the ability of God is in you. Where you didn't have this ability before, now you do. And he's saying because of this ability, more is required of you. You've got God love ability in you. You are now required to be forgiving because I am forgiving. And if you refuse to be forgiving, you don't have faith in God. And you cannot be forgiven. How many know it? I mean, <laughs> it got quiet. How many know it takes forgiveness to believe in, or it takes faith in God to believe in your forgiveness? Your forgiveness. Just that you're forgiven. The devil will spend all day long trying to condemn you for something that God has wiped out. And your faith in God is what will hold you to what God has said about you, that you're a new creature, old things are passed away. But that word must be engrafted in you or condemnation will be engrafted in you. We engraft everything he says about us. If he says old things are passed away and I'm new, then I am. Amen? I can forgive. I'm better than what I... I'm not better. I'm newer. I am completely revamped. I, I'm not... He didn't take any of my old parts and reuse them. He made them all new. Glory to God. Why? Because they were imperfect. He can't work with imperfect things. People keep saying, why did he wipe out all the kids, all the goats, all the people in the whole... That's so mean. Why did he have to get rid of them? He couldn't work with what was imperfect. He had to get rid of it. Remember we talked about it? If you had a field full of poison ivy, and some of it was this tall, and some of it was this tall, and you only chopped off the heads, you can't walk through it still. Because guess what's getting ready to grow up from the bottom? Poison ivy. You have to be able to change the seed. And so what he did was he changed the seed. He had us be reborn so that now we're a different seed and we're usable to him. And our value is great. Glory to God. You don't have to be wiped out. Why? Because you're new. You're new. You're born again. Incorruptible. Glory to God and a doer of the Word. Do you know how much of this is in my notes? Almost none. Gosh, God's good. He is teaching us stuff, guys. We need to be great hearers right now. I need to be a big hearer right now. He wouldn't be showing me this if I didn't need it, and He wouldn't be showing you if we couldn't do it. Amen? Glory to God. So good to us. Go back to James. Whew. Yeah, they didn't call that boy that was sitting in the meeting that day the cripple boy anymore. He wasn't crippled. In fact, is people that had never known him would never call him crippled because he never was to them. And as long as nobody remembered that, that's never who he was. And as long as he never remembered it, it was never who he was. 
The only reason he needed to remember it is to be thankful to the Lord for his mercy on his life. And the only reason you need to remember anything that's ever happened in your past is so you can be thankful for your future. Glory to God. Not so, you know, people say, well, I, I couldn't have learned it had this not happened. You could have learned it a lot easier. You know what? My dad told me many times, he said, watch that hammer or you will smash your thumb. Now, if I'd have watched the hammer, I would not have smashed my thumb. But I did not become a doer of what my dad said, and I mashed my thumb, and it taught me to watch the hammer. Was there an easier way to learn? Do what dad said. Amen? This, this idea that you need to learn by your mistakes, no. Be thankful that you did learn and that, the, and that God got you through that mistake because many people died going through the same thing. So you need to be very thankful. But don't think God couldn't have te- teached you. <laughs> couldn't have taught you a lot easier than that. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Where did I say to go? James. Where were we? James 22. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Hearers only are self-deceived. Self-deceived means you're only you're, you're, you're thinking you're okay and you're not. Self-deceived, thinking you can get by without. There's millions of people think they can get by without God. And there are Christians that are okay with getting by without the greatest gifts of God. That's self-deceived. Amen? They'll take scriptures out of the Bible to prove they don't have to, that, that something's not even available anymore. true you know it is true you know we spent years in bible study talking about how good god was and people flipping back at us and saying no he's not good look what he did look what he did he's not he and they say oh but he's good and i said well you just said that he hurt you is that good you say, yeah he's good he had good intent I'm like you know somebody hits me i'm not looking at that as good intent if they hurt me that's not good intent <laughs> he's a good god Hearers of the word hear correctly, first of all. Hearers. Hearers are people that are listening for what God's saying. They've already valued it's His word before He says it. You ever sit there and and been doing something and listening to somebody else and they say, did you hear a word I said? Yep, same thing happened first service too. A lot of husbands went, Uh And then your wife says, did you hear what I said? And you say, and you make the big mistake of saying yes. But you know what? You did not lie. You heard every word they said. You just didn't listen to any of it. What? The noise was there. Right? It was like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Right? But you didn't listen to anything they said. Right? He's saying, don't... He said, be a, be a hearer of my word. In other words, count it to have great value. Because you can't engraft it until you hear it. Right? And, and, and what you hear, what you want to hear, you'll listen for. You never notice that when something, some weird noise happens in your house? You shut everything else off so that you can find that noise. Well, when you know that God's speaking, shut everything else off. Because the most important thing that's happening right now is what He's getting ready to say to you. Shut everything else down because he's getting ready to say something to you. Be a hearer of the word. And then it says in verse 23, it says, For a 
For if you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like a man that looks in the mirror. And, st- <laughs> looks in- and it doesn't say he just looks at it. He beholds himself in the mirror. In other words, he thinks about himself. He looks at himself, walks away, and forgets what he looks like. What are they saying? If you don't truly listen and value the word of God, you will leave and not remember everything that was told to you. Therefore, you cannot be a doer. Why? Because you forgot what he said. You can't do what you forgot. Amen? Amen. Did I ask you this question earlier? How many people have heard lots of word? How many remember every word you've heard? But you remember the ones that changed your life. And you can tell everybody the whole testimony about those. Amen? Let's start remembering more. Right? We'll be rememberful hearers, not forgetful hearers. Right? That's our new word. That was our first, first service word. It's our second service word. Rememberful hearers. Right? Can you be a rememberful hearer? Yeah, you can. Because it says if you, be a, if you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like a man that looks at himself, goes away from the mirror and forgets, literally forgets what he looks like. How many people don't remember what you look like right now? Now see, I have done this. I was talking about it at first service. You ever bought clothes and you got them home and you're like, oh, those don't look good at all, but they sure look good on that model. <laughs> you know? But you know, they get these guys that got 32-inch waist and, and the shoulders and then and I look at them like, man, those, that, those pants might look real nice on me, but then you put them on somebody that looks like me, it ain't so pretty. <laughs> you guys ain't done that before, have you? We give those clothes away. <laughs> They'll be brand new with tags in them and in the tents a couple weeks from now. <laughs> I, I for a moment forgot what I looked like thinking I looked like this person. <laughs> I don't look like this person. I look like me. Therefore, those clothes did not look good. <laughs> so when you're shopping, this is really good advice. <laughs> don't forget what you looked like. <laughs> uh, what's that got to do? <laughs> you come and you see yourself and you forget, and that's what he's saying. If you don't value what you're seeing, if you do, if you just take quick looks, quick glances, and and you don't value what's being said to you, you will forget it. You know, Brother Moore has has said this years ago, and I didn't listen. He said, when when God gives you something, didn't he, Mike? Write it down. He said, keep a pad beside you at all times and write it down. You know why he said it? He said, because if you don't, you're going to forget it. And he was right, because I tested him. <laughs> in stupidity. Man, God told me something really cool, man. I was in the car one day. I'm like, oh, that's so good. I'll preach on that next time. And, man, I, I said, oh, that's so good. I have to remember that. It was so good, you couldn't forget it. Man, before I got from my house to the church, which is approximately seven minutes, I had forgotten every word of it. And he was merciful and brought it back to me later. But had I written it down, I'd already had it. Can't be forgetful hearers. Right? Forgetful hearers are ungrateful hearers. They don't don't value the word given, therefore they never engraft it into their life. Amen? And he said, don't be a forgetful here. He said, be a, be a, he didn't say it, but be a rememberful here. Right? 
He said, he said, the forgetful here beholds himself, goes his way, and straightways forgets what manner of man he was. I don't want to do that. Do you guys? I want to remember. I want to remember what he's saying to us today. The Lord has spoken some big things into our life today. It's good that we have the CDs. We, we need to get them. If, if this has spoken anything into your life today, you need to get them. I don't want to forget what he's saying to us today. I want to be a doer. I want to have faith in God and have faith to speak to mountains and have faith to, to not doubt and have faith to believe that the things I say come to pass. Have faith in God. I want to remember those things forever and ever and be- have them become part of me. And then when you're walking down the street, you're not even thinking about a mountain and all of a sudden you see one and say, be gone and cast into the sea. Why? It's engrafted into you. It's what you do. It's what you say. It's not even a question. Sickness tries to come on you. You say, I'm healed. I'd I, I be healed 2,000 some years ago. It's not even a question. Why? It's who you are. You're not trying to get healed. You be healed. It's trying to make you something you're not. Sickness is trying to make you something that you are absolutely not. You are healed. It's who you are. I didn't say you're getting healed. You are healed. If you're dealing with sickness in your life in any way, your new words is, it is, I am healed. I are healed. I be healed. I'm not getting healed. If people say, you're getting your healing? No, you are healed. You don't have to get a healing. You're healed. Unhealed people would have to get a healing. We be, therefore we are. Glory to God. Verse 25, we'll end with this. This is good. I like it. I'm glad you guys came. That's how it comes out. You know, when Brother Moore says communication is greatly affected by the hearer, it's, it is big time affected by the hearer. You guys are good hearers. Good hearers. Thank you, Lord. Verse 25 says, But whoso... Who's a, you a whoso? I'm a whoso. I'm, a, I'm this whoso right here. Whoso looks into the perfect law. What's the whole complete wanting nothing law? The same thing he was talking about when you let patience work. That same perfect is this perfect. Wanting nothing. That's, this, that's the kind of law he's saying. When you look into the perfect, wanting nothing law of liberty, the law of liberty was bought by Jesus Christ for me and you. The law that makes free. What's it make free from? The past. Why? It just does away with it. If it does away with it, you're free from it. Amen? Amen? Amen. It does away with it. Thank God. So, yeah, I don't want most of the stuff to happen... You know, I prayed for crop failure right after I came back. I said, Lord, get, get some weed be gone on that stuff. Really good. We don't want any of that. <laughs> Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and lives in it. And lives in it. What's he saying? That it engrafts it into his life. Makes it part of his being. Continues therein. In other words, he looks into the very law of liberty and he he engrafts it into his very being and is not forgetful. 
of what's engrafted in there. Because you know what? If you forget what's engrafted in there, it does you no good. It's just in there. You know, a lot of times when I'm praying for somebody, I'll say, Lord, show them what's in there. Because there's stuff in you that God's put in you. There's stuff in me that God's put in. I'll say, show them what's in them. Because if you know what's in you, you'll know how to fight. Because you've got more in you than, than what's coming against you. Amen? What a good thing to have in you. It says, continue in it, walk in it, live in it. And being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. So not only did you hear the Word, now it becomes a work in your life. In other words, it is who you now are. And so everywhere you go, it's part of what you do. Right? You don't have to act anymore. It's who you are. When it says, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, well, out of the abundance of your heart is now faith in God. And so your, in fact, your mouth begins to speak only the love and the faith of God into other people's lives, into your own life. When bad things happen, good things happen, doesn't matter. You're praising God. You're thanking God. You're living in love. You're living in the perfect law of liberty. And it's engrafted into your very being, and you are being who it says you are. You're not acting anymore. In other words, I, I don't... I don't sin or do this thing anymore because it's not who I am. Does that make sense to you guys? In other words, a lot of people are saying, I don't do that because it's bad. No, I don't do it because it's not who I am anymore. I've become something different through the Word of God. And it says, who's not the forgetful here, but a doer of this work, this man shall be blessed, shall be blessed. Blessed. This is who you are now because you're an active doer of the Word of God. Continue in it all the time. You're now, you now be blessed. You're not getting blessings. You be blessed. You now have all God's ability in you to be who He wants you to be. You be successful. You be prosperous. You be healed. Everyone's blessed in His deeds. Everything you do now succeeds. Why? Because you're a doer of the Word of love. When you're a doer of the Word of love and it's engrafted into you, everything you do succeeds. Well, you'll be blessed in all. Will be blessed. Say it with me. I'll be blessed in all my deeds. I'll be what God's made me to be. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Whoo! I like it. Doesn't it make you happy? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's teaching us good things. Amen? Because of who we are in Christ, Jesus said we don't even have to worry about our clothes. We don't have to chase after things that other people chase after. You know, you see the world chasing after something. Just know you don't have to do it. You don't have to. Your Father in Heaven knows you have need of it. Right? And and instead of telling you to chase after the need, He said, seek ye first the way I do things. Seek ye first the way I do things and how I'm right. Seek, Seek my ways and seek how I do it. Seek, seek what I would do and how I would do it and do that. And all the rest of this stuff, it'll be added to you. What's he saying? He said, I don't want you spending time 
thinking about these things. These don't have eternal value. I want you thinking of the things that will bring eternal value to your life and to the lives of others. And this is what we're to think on. He's a good God. Got a good plan. Thank you, Lord. You got a song? So I say to the mountains, boo.